Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And welcome to our 10th podcast. Yippee! So, for those of you listening on iTunes, you can actually go to our website, prisondad.com, and find this video. It's on YouTube. We're doing both vlogcast. There's probably... Kind of gross, but sure. Okay. Yes, sure. Okay. Vlogcast and podcast. (laughs) So we're doing both. Um, we're gonna every ten ten podcasts we're gonna do, it. and this week. Just kidding. <laughs> this week we're going to debate the age-old question of Star Trek versus Star Wars. I will be playing Team Star Trek. I'm clearly Team Star Wars. Clearly. I mean, seriously, we're like just a few feet away from a lovely picture that Jeff gave me of Leia and Han snuggling. Um, so, you know. With yeah. the stuff chewy. Right. I don't I mean, want to mess up the camera, otherwise I'd turn it. My dog's middle name is Chewy, yeah. so, yeah, clearly I'm a fan. My cat's names are Poe and Ray. That's true. Hmm, look Wait who's coming minute. to the dark side. Yeah. Not, oh, so you admit it's the dark side. Not Kirk and Uhura or... Yeah, you try. Hi- you try. All right, so let, let, let's hit you with some statistics First off, okay? Oh, okay. Jeff has to give you the math part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Okay, go ahead. It's cold like Hoff outside? It is. <laughs> Jeff made me turn my heating down because the sound was going to be too loud. So if we start freezing in here, don't be surprised because I might literally start, like, sprouting icicles. We have champagne, too. We do because we are on our 10th podcast. And our 20-something year of friendship. So, Star Trek has 12 movies, and that's not including the one that's coming out this year. Okay. There are 703 episodes of live-action television mm-hmm. of between the five Star Trek series. There are 22 episodes of the cartoon um, Star Trek animated series. I didn't know there was a Star Trek animated cartoon. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. All right? Uh, it, yeah, it, it was like the original cast. Oh, there's one person that's not on it from the original cast. I don't remember who it was. No. But wait, wait. Star Wars, on the other hand, has seven movies, yes. not including Rogue One coming out this year. True. And there's 150 episodes in cartoons across two shows. Um, sort of three. I'm shows. not going to be speaking of the cartoons because I literally only watched like a few of them that Jeff showed me one time. I'm just speaking to movies. Okay. And I'm also, not there was speak a made for TV either. movie about the Ewoks, but we won't talk about that. One. That even though we don't need Ange to. And I both like them. <laughs> oh, the Ewoks. Oh, I thought you were talking about the holiday special. Oh no, no, that doesn't count. We're not talking. No, we're just talking about scratchy. The main, the main, the main things, the main right. plot points and yes. stuff like that. So, um, I was always um, what I always liked about Star Trek was it was always about. I saw you roll your eyes. I was not. I'm doing this fun <laughs> thing where I like look this way and that way, so I look at that like that cat clock, you know. I feel like where where should I be looking? Okay. Anyway, so Star Trek was always about like the exploration, you know, the you know seek out new worlds, mm-hmm. um, you know, and everything like that. So you know, you got the original series where you got was you're they were on the five year mission, so they were out there exploring new stuff. And Next Generation, you know, in the pilot, they were about to go into unexplored space. Then you got Deep Space Nine, where um, you know, there's the wormhole to the other side of the galaxy where they've never been. Voyager... Wormholes are cool. 
There you go. And Voyager, they were catapulted to the other side of the galaxy with no way of getting home. So there, you know, in those four series, it was always about the unknown. What's 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 out there to explore? So that's something I always thought was cool about Star Trek was like, you know, every week you were going to be seeing something new. Counterpoint. Um, you know, honestly, I think that Star Wars is a lot of fun because they just assume that you understand the rules of their universe and and everything that's going on. You don't really have, like in Harry Potter, you have Harry who is part of our world, our muggle world, and then he becomes a part of the wizarding world so he can lead you through it. But with Star Wars, it's like you have Luke who's sort of outside of the action, but he is a part of this established other world that you know we're sort of going on a journey with him um but you just are supposed to assume that everything is the way that it is it's totally normal to go to a bar and see all sorts of aliens it's totally normal to work on a moisture farm and Mm -hmm. shoot womp rats Mm -hmm. um you know and there's no there's not a whole lot of explaining like here's what goes on in our universe you're just supposed to like catch up i mean so you have obi-wan explaining the force which is necessary but the rest of it is sort of like you're figuring it out as you go along that nobody's really guiding you through like the rules of the universe um and i i sort of like that that it's sort of like a commonplace like you're just supposed to accept things as they are um so but i think there's a lot of adventure too and i personally like having luke there to sort of guide you through because he has a quiet life and then all of a sudden he's thrust in the middle of this war so, and that's interesting. With Star Trek, you're definitely dealing with a bigger cast of more people working toward the same goal. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's the Rebel Alliance, and there's there's that aspect of, of you know, you know, fighting evil, looking at the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in Star Trek, you got everybody on the ship working toward the same goal, for the most part. Um, what is know, their goal? Just to explore space? Seek out new life. And new civilizations. And bang it. Oh, sorry. And boldly go where no man has gone before. No, it's interesting you bring that up because there is a lot of sex in in Star Trek. There is. Definitely more geared towards adults. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, But, you know, still, like, I mean, as a kid, I mean, I started watching Star Trek, you know, when I was young. See how he turned out. I turned out just fine. Okay. There's definitely a lot more of of that humanity, you know, aspect in Star Trek than than in Star Wars by a lot. You know, because you had you know Kirk was the you know Kirk was definitely the ladies' man, and then it was Riker was more the ladies' man. You know, not not so much JLP. In JLP. In Star Wars. Well, I mean, so in Star Wars. They're really geared towards kids. I mean, I think adults love them, and I love them as an adult. But you have the whole aspect of, like, the cute little monsters. You've got Ewoks, you've got Jar Jar, who everyone hates. But still, he's sort of geared towards kids. Let me finish my point. But, you know, it has some adult humor in it, especially uh, Han Solo. I think he has, like, the best lines in the, in, the, in any of the movies um, because he sort of is adding that edge of, you know, sassiness. And he has his little banter back and forth with Princess Leia, which is a little adult. I mean, you know, they don't say anything clearly spicy, but you kind of get there's some the smooching. Gist. Yeah, there's smooching. There's, you know, romantic interest between the two of them. But essentially, you know, it is more geared towards kids. You, you don't have nudity. You don't have, you know, except for Princess Leia and her slave bikini. You don't have, you know, people 
Game of Thrones style throwing down. Um, you know, and I like that because I think you could put Star Wars on in pretty much like any, you know, social setting and it would be appropriate. So, so once again, something she said, I just want to just rehash here that there were 708 episodes of live Star Trek television and how many movies and there was no Jar Jar Binks. So I just want to just throw that out there right now. Yeah, but there were troubles. The Tribbles are awesome. No. No one ever said the Tribbles are lame. Fine. I'm saying it. <laughs> okay, no. Seriously, Jar Jar's lame. But I think he serves a point because... Point? It really Star is, Trek. Because it really, he really was trying to gear the movies <laughs> towards kids. And there was some, you know, adult stuff going on in episodes 1, 2, and 3, which are clearly not my favorite movies, but they're a part of the, you know, universe. You have to accept them. Um, but I think... Jar Jar exists to sort of make the film more accessible to kids because Ooh. he's doing goofy things and silly things. Not the spaceships or the force. Spaceships are totally Or cool. the lightsabers. I mean, then you have or the intergalactic travel. Yeah, those well, things I don't have anything Jar Jar, to do with Jar okay? children. I didn't need Jar Jar when I loved Star Wars when I was a kid because I'm talking about episodes four, five, and six that are what I grew up with. Right. And, and there were Ewoks. Okay, but the and the Ewoks were cute. Right. Um, but I think Jar Jar was the attempt to sort of, you know, reach out to children because, you know, you know, all the serious like Senate hearing stuff, you have Anakin doing really evil things. And... All right, fine. I thought that stuff was boring too, but I still stand behind <laughs> Star Wars. My main reason for loving Star Wars so much, I actually wrote a paper about this when I was in college. This is true. Is that it's a modern myth. So you have Joseph Campbell who sort of walks you through like the hero's journey and the quest. Um, this is nerdy English major stuff that I learned. But, you know, it sort of mirrors like Beowulf, yes. Homer's Iliad and Odyssey. So, um, you know, but it's it's a it's a modern take on that. Um, clearly Harry Potter is too. But um, you know, you have the you have the hero who's in his ordinary world and then he sort of ends up having to go arrested. on this quest. Right. Um, you know, he has a call to a adventure that he at first rejects he meets his mentor eventually he loses his mentor and has to go through different trials to um achieve his goal which is to become a jedi right. and i i love that i i really um feel so inspired and excited and alive seeing that storyline play out um and and you know it definitely speaks to my sensibilities as an english major because i i like having that sort of trope and, and seeing a different way of going about it because you have space and you have diversity with aliens and other creatures. Yes, diversity is something I, I was going to talk about next. Now, the diversity in Star Wars in the beginning in A New Hope, which was 77, you know, your diversity was pretty much there was a whole bunch of different alien races and a whole lot of white people. But, you know, when Listen, you... <laughs> but when you look at... Lando. Yeah, in Empire and Jedi. Fine. So Still. when you look at the bridge of the you know of the Starship Enterprise uh, in the '60s, no less, you know you had um, an African American woman as a communications officer. You had a Japanese man flying the plane. You had uh, a Russian man in charge of the weapons. You had an alien doing the science. Just kidding. Kirk's way too and Spock. But yeah, sure. So the. Diversity in Star Trek has always been something to me that, that has always just has really been there and really really prominent, you know, in the sixties and stuff like that. Because Gene Roddenberry was basically like, "Hey, in the future, these barriers aren't going to exist the way they do now." Good, and that's a good point to bring right. up, especially in this world mm -hmm. we live in now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that's a good point, and that is definitely really cool. I think it's cool that Star Trek had the first interracial kiss on TV. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Though they were kind of brainwashed at the time. Well, okay. But still, no, it still was, and that's really cool. Yeah, that was great. But, you know, to me, Triples when I was a little awesome. kid, um, watching watching Star Wars, it, to me, it, it outlined and sort of brought home diversity because they were completely different types of creatures all coexisting and trying to you know work together to achieve goals whether that be to throw overthrow the empire or to go and get a beer um at the bar yeah because the cantina the 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 tattooing cantina was really kinds of creatures and they just you know dealt with each other except for that one one really cranky guy that was like he doesn't like you and i don't like you either i mean he's a lot of fun and i like using that line of my coworkers on a regular basis um what's up zach um no just kidding um but but in general it was all different kinds of creatures that came from completely different cultures looked completely different probably ate completely different things um, but they but could they all were, get a drink together? Yeah, they could all get a drink together. They were coexisting, and it wasn't, you know, shocking. Um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, well, we don't associate with those people, except for the sand people. But, look, sand people are evil, okay? It's it's not a racial thing. They're really scary. So, to me, as a little kid, you know, I grew up in New York, and I, and I like that sort of idea of, like, you know, all different kinds of creatures could get along and coexist and, you know, be a part of trying to achieve goals together. So when you talk about technology, though, when we talk, we look at, at you know, there's common themes of technology all throughout all the Star Trek uh, series. Um, you know, you have the warp drive. Yeah, the, the transporter was huge because, you know, that would be great, you know? You know, take SEPTA every day. Totally. You probably have to pay SEPTA for the transport because it's not like you'd have the transporter right here in the living room. Yeah. You probably have to go to, like, a central transporter hub right. and then transport down to the city. Kind of the same way. And SEPTA would still get your money. Well, that's all right. But, yeah. So, um, technology, though, you know, it was, uh, you know, the the clumsy blaster, the Star Wars universe. You know, Star Blasters. Trek had the phasers, you know, and the, you know, different different styles. Tricorders were always big, um, you know, size changed and stuff like that across the, the Star Trek universe. Uh, the warp drive, as compared to the, the you know, Hyperspace. hyperspace. Hyperspace seemed to be is always seemed to me like it was just one speed. Like here I am in space, and then I go into hyperspace, and there I go. Yeah, I mean to me, I always there are ten warp factors. Let me get you right, okay? I don't think George Lucas is the kind of person that was taking cars apart in his free time. So I think actually, he, I think he was really. Yeah, I really feel like he kept it simple though. I mean, maybe again, it's because it was geared towards children, so you don't want to confuse children with all sorts of jargon about different types of speed you just want to talk about the next about generation though was was speed. with bringing uh you know will Wheaton's character was was the crusher you know that is how they brought star trek more for children you know in in the 80s yeah but i have I still feel like jar jar is there just for the kids well i think that is his primary purpose although there's some like internet no, no, it's all crap. Being a bad guy. Ignore all that Jar Jar bad guy stuff. He's an idiot. Fine, whatever. But you know what? Jar Jar is not all that it, Jar Jar. that exists in the Star Wars universe. There's wow. so many other awesome Can characters. Can I also like say Obi-Wan that Kristen's a lawyer and, and I'm attempting to argue with her on yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. And you're not human. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, we say. I think that 
you know, to me, I think Star Wars is more accessible to more people. I think it's more of a mythology type story, so it resonates, um, you know, through the ages and for all different kinds of people with different cultural backgrounds, because everyone can appreciate a hero's journey. Um, and, and someone trying to overcome, you know, their own limitations and, and, you know, discover how amazing they can be. That's, you know, it's inspiring to me and, and I watch it. I love watching Empire whenever I feel like I'm a little bit lost in the world because I think Yoda is such a cool guru. I mean, he, he has such great advice and I actually used some of his advice, uh, when I was giving my sister's wedding speech this year. Oh, right, um, you did, I yeah. I think it really does. It stands up, you know, like you gotta... I think they're all good messages, and um, and I, it, you know, it just it resonates with me, and I think it's it's a wonderful story. There's a lot of messages too with with Star Trek. Don't 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 get me wrong. There's a uh, you know, like doing the right thing, apparently, you know, and and the you know the constant need to explore the Prime Directive. Do you know about the Prime Directive? No. But ah, okay. So the Prime Directive is basically. You can't make first contact with any species that doesn't have warp technology. So that's like the threshold. So you can't go meddling in, um, you know, like if aliens came down today and wanted to share their technology, the prime directive is, is to like kind of stop that. But so, what happened when like the aliens came and made the pyramids though? JK! Dr. Ben Carson called! He wants his crazy back! It's <laughs> totally like derailed my... My, my train of thought, though. But you know, when you when you look at villains, though, so let, let let's take a look at, at villains across the two. I mean, so the biggest the biggest Star Trek villain that that points out to me is the Borg. And what's terrifying about the so Borg? Just gonna say Khan, but all right. The Borg to me are they're the space zombies. You know, they infect you. You turn into one of them. You have the collective hive mind. You know, your free will is gone, you know, you can't listen to music anymore, you don't even care, you just you're just there to help the, the giant hive mind overtake the galaxy. Bummer. So Yeah, yeah, pretty bummer, you know. So it's 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 dark, evil, and sinister and, and, and downright scary. So we saw the Borg, you know, mostly in the next generation and in Voyager. We um you know, they weren't in the original series, obviously. Uh, Deep Space Nine may have that might have been like well, oh, well, that was the thing. His Cisco's wife was killed by the Borg. So that was kind of like the over overlaying thing. And then they had a, a, a tie-in to First Contract on the Star Trek Enterprise series where they, they were able to bring the Borg to Earth and have a Borg episode. So, you know, that that there isn't this galactic empire in Star Trek, this evil empire that you're rebelling against the whole time. Now, the Bajorans, yeah, in Deep Space Nine, were rebelling against the Cardassian occupation. Wait, but... Cardassians? Yikes. They are really scary people. Um, the nice thing about doing this video is that people can see my reactions to some of your offbeat comments there, buddy, pal, yes, friend, yep. amigo. Well, I it. feel, yeah, it really <laughs> um, But anyway, I feel like the you know enemies in the Star Wars movies are interesting and more complex because it's sort of like the whole idea of like Nazis to me and I think they really drove this home in um, the new movie uh, The Force Awakens because it's a decision to be on the dark side and you have to battle against the parts of you that still want to be good to to choose that side and it's all about power and anger and fear which is you know what the Nazis were all about that's how they controlled people and mm -hmm. making them think that certain people were evil and harmful 
harmful Correct. and you had to get away from them. But I like Thanks. that it's a decision, you know, and it can change over time because you have like Anakin who started Did out Finn just have being a, decision? a little kid. Well, yeah, he does because he leads. Oh. You know, I mean, they tried to force him into being, you know, uh, a stormtrooper, but he can think for himself and decides after he's in his first sort of battle, like, I don't want to do this. This is violent, and they're killing innocent people that did nothing wrong. But then you have the other stormtroopers that go along with it. You have Captain Phasma, who's totally fine with with killing innocent Phoned people. It in, if it, really? Yeah, she kind of here's did. shield codes. Yeah, I, I love Gwendolyn Christie though, so I'm really hoping that if she's in the next movies, that she's she'll get you know a bigger. Joe's character. point was that she is the Boba Fett, right? And I've read that too, and I think that that's true. I mean, you have someone with really cool armor who does very little. Um, although Boba Fett was sort of the genesis of the entire clone army, well, his father Jango was, but um, but yeah, I mean, so I like it more because I think it's more complex and interesting to have an enemy that can change over time and that's that's actually choosing to be on that side and mm -hmm. can change their mind. Um, you know, like Anakin, like that whole storyline, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of episodes one, two, and three, you sort of saw somebody who was an innocent child and, and had that choice to either stay on the good side and follow Yoda and follow Obi-Wan or go to the dark side and follow the Emperor. And because he was so afraid of losing the people that he loved, he turned against the good side, you know, to obtain sort of power. Um, but then at the end of his life, he sort of realized, like, that wasn't the way to go and he should have just you know stayed with the good side and and you know he was sort of redeemed by his son so there are there are phases to the star trek and star wars argument and i, I just want to break them down really quick well, these, these are I, I don't know if these are online or these are always kind of like like my my mental picture all right so you have you have star trek in the 60s mm -hmm. it gets canceled after three seasons and then you have this, like, resurgence of, like, all these fans coming out of the woodwork being like, you know, I love that show. It was great. Why'd you cancel it? And, you know, Star Trek was kind of dormant. They brought back the, you know, the, the Saturday morning cartoon version that was, like, in the early 70s. But, yeah, it's not that great. It's like, I, I watched it, I don't know, 12 or 14 episodes, something like that. It's on Netflix. So it was only Star Trek for a while. And Star Trek, a lot of people said, ripped off Dune. Um, and Frank Herbert. <sighs> Now, Sandworms. you hit 1977, and out comes Star Wars. Star Wars. And, you know, obviously, it, a couple people have seen it. I'm just kidding. A lot of, you know, it went crazy. Like, you know, it broke all these records and stuff like that. And, you know, it was at the top until the Titanic, right? That was the one that knocked it. Oh, Titanic. That. Yes. So, there anyway. There was enough space. There was enough space on that door. Sorry. <laughs> So, out comes um, episode one, you know, and when episode one came out in 99, we have, you know, Next Generation ended in 97, so you, you had two Star Trek series on the air at the moment, and at the time, from, from 77 until this moment, I think that the Star Wars people dominated the Star Trek versus Star Wars argument. Then episode one comes out. And then all of a sudden, I'm learning that my friends that made fun of me for being a Trekkie were all closet Trekkies. The, all of them. They were like, all of a sudden, were like sticking up for Star Wars or Star Trek because you know there was no Jar Jar. So for a, for a period of time there, it seemed like you know Star Trek was like was you know the the front runner again because you know Episode One, Two, and Three were not good. It, Hayden Christensen had a lot to do with it. 
bad writing, midichlorians, Jar Jar. There were several factors that we could get into that really... But there was also Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson. I'll stand behind those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yoda limping around and then he could flip around during fights. Yeah, I don't know about... It's the force. I do, I do like Yoda. And say. you got some Samuel L. Jackson playing Mace Windu. He was pretty badass. Yeah, I love Sam. So, when we look at, you know... Now, now we're kind of like seeing a shift, and then it's kind of weird because at, at the time, from the time episode one came out, and then by the time episode three came out, there was another Star Trek series, Star Trek Enterprise, which didn't last as long. It kind of did the thing where they had like the the they had one season where it was like a continuous story, and that wasn't liked as much. And then the next season they had like it was like four episode arcs, and I like a whole big long story. Like like Lost is is really who brought that back. I feel Lost in twenty four were two shows that really brought back that, you know, season-long, like, story arc, where you need to see every single episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because here, here the argument changed, and then I think that, you know, from episode three coming out, that, you know, it was cool to like Star Trek again. You know, where I never cared what anybody said. I always liked Star Trek. So now we're in the era where The Force Awakens comes out, you know, yeah, there's arguments that it's the same movie as A New Hope, but at the it's same not. time, it's, it's definitely, it was definitely, I liked, I liked it. You know, I saw it three times, I really enjoyed it, I would see it again, I can't wait to own it and watch it over and over again, I already but it. now, I feel that the argument now can be played on both sides so well, just like we're doing today. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you can look back at the whole grand scheme of things. And I'm not saying that I totally dislike Star Trek. I don't. It just was never, like, it was just, it's never been my jam. And I, and if I, you know, if I'm talking about something that I really love, then it's going to be Star Wars every time. Um, my dad loved Star Trek when I was growing up. He, that's what he liked watching, you know? Yeah, my mom always liked Star Trek, you know, know, more. Than, that's why, how I got into it, you know. But yeah, my dad took watching me to see Star, Star Trek, Wars Doctor, when I was a Doctor kid. Who, and, um, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. So. and I just always, I always, you know, really appreciated that sort of journey that Luke goes on. I could see myself in him. He's still somebody that I like look up to and, and think about, you know, you know, sort of like what would Luke do, you know, although, you know. He'd go to the Tashi station for some power, power converters. converters. He really would. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just always going to go on the side of Star Wars because I think it's such an exciting storyline I think there's always so much more that you can learn from it and I can watch it over and over again and still not be bored um it's inspiring to me and I'm so excited for the new movies to see where they take things um it's amazing to see a girl be that hero um I think it's been a long time coming that we've needed a story like this um and so I'm excited to see where where they take it you know and it's interesting too because it was Luke's hero's journey for episodes four, five, and six, and now, you know, you sort of seen that he failed, so, you know, wh- where is he picking up? Does he get another hero journey? Is he just there to be the mentor for Rey as she goes through her hero journey? Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And so, Star Trek got rebooted a number of years ago by Abrams, right? And this created a divide between Star Trek fans. Now, if it's Star Trek and it's got his name on it, I'll probably check it out. Uh, there's some fan-made stuff out there that's pretty cool that I've been checking out that they, they got back some, like, you know, other cast cast members included on these things um, that, that that I like, that I that I, I enjoy. But anyway, so, so the reboot, I thought the first reboot was pretty good. My brother, though, was so disgusted by it, he wanted to, like, walk out of the movie. 
Well, that's Jay. You know. So then we come to the second Star Trek reboot, and I didn't, I didn't really like it. I didn't think there was enough Simon Pegg. I thought the storyline was kind of weird, you know. And I understand that they they created this alternate universe, which Star Trek's famous for. So I don't feel like they were in the right. wrong by doing w- what they did. But now this this third movie that's coming out this year, I kind of don't know what what they're going for because all we saw is action, action, action in the promo. Yeah. And you know what, Star Trek. You know, that that is a, a big thing. You know, it's not all about the constant action. It's, you know, it's out there. And you know what? I, I just remembered something else that I meant to talk about in the, in the technology po- portion of this. Is that in Star Wars, gravity doesn't seem to exist. Everything floats. Everything floats around willy-nilly, whatever they want. Where in Star Trek, there, there's still the, the general laws of, like, physics. When it comes to, like like, stuff. Not everything has to float all the time. So that, that was another Are you saying that, that we all float down here? Um, I don't know. I feel like there was gravity in Star Wars. Um, I mean, people could use the, the force to, to move objects, but, you know, because the force is sort of like a weird form of emotional gravity. What's keeping uh, Luke's uh, speeder there floating? I don't know. I mean, I'm still looking for a real hoverboard, so I don't really know I mean, the hoverboards how that works. Now with, the, with the wheels? No, those are fake. Those have wheels. That's not hovering. The point of hovering is hovering. That means on air. I have wheels. a hard enough time walking around on my feet without tripping over things. I don't need to float and like run into things and hurt myself even more. Well, yeah, but I mean, I just I don't really know how the physics would work for that because they have yet to invent something that actually hovers in that manner, but. Um, I don't know. And honestly, like, the other reason why I like Star Wars is because Han Solo is cute. And I don't really think anybody on Star Trek was attractive to me. They were cool. I mean, Spock, Kirk, fine, they were cool, but... You didn't think Ohoro was hot? No. No. You didn't think Deanna Troy was hot? No. No? Nope. Nope. But I would totally make out with Princess Leia. As far as, as far as, you know, if we talk about characters, we do see, you know, you know, Star Wars is, is a lot smaller than Star Trek, and so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the range of characters is different, but, you know, in Star Trek, though, you know, like, Worf is so iconic, and, you know, Han Solo is iconic in different ways, you know, Star Wars has that West, the original trilogy, at least, has that Western feel to it, mm-hmm. and, you know, Star Trek never felt that Frontiers-esque. You know, sure, the ship broke down. You know, not my fault. But you know, it it never, you never felt like you were that that on like you know, the the edge as you did in Star Wars from time to time, where it was very it was a lot more sparsely populated than True. Star Trek. True, like Tatooine definitely looks like probably who would some live there? Idea of the old west, right? You know, dust bowl type thing, mm-hmm. and and I don't know. I mean, they had to they had to have a farm for moisture. Yeah. Okay. Like mm-hmm. they had a farm for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there weren't lakes and no. oceans. No. Not gonna happen. No. It's like Matt Damon in The Martian trying to, you know, create water with chemical reactions. Right. So what else do we want to say to 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 sum this up? Um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still on the Star Wars side. I think 
Star Trek has its merits. It's certainly, uh, you know, another fun part of the sci- science fiction genre universe. Um, I seriously think that the only thing the two have in common is that they take place in space and they fly around spaceships. Yeah, one is really more like a TV show. It's, it's you know, There's still been more mo- Star Trek movies than there's been Star Wars movies. That's, that's fine. Uh, if that's the only, the only <laughs> thing that we're going by, I mean, you know, there's been more jason movies than there are godfather (laughs) films but i would argue except for godfather 3 that the godfather films are far superior to anything that involves jason Voorhees. um you know but anyway i mean it is what it is you're gonna be a fan of what you're a fan of uh i hope that maybe you give one of these two storylines another look if you haven't reviewed them previously based on our banter but i'm still team luke and I'm Team Star Trek. So, um, in the meantime, why don't you check out our books at prisondad.com. We have three of them, science fiction comedy books. Uh, we do podcasts every week. Check them out. Uh, you can find them on our website as well. We'll yep. put the links up in the YouTube section, too, if you're watching this. Down there. Down, yep. there, Down there. Right yeah, here. over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? And then, um, yeah, we, we have, this is our 10th podcast. Yep. It feels like just yesterday I was like, hey, you know what we should do? Podcasts. Podcasts. So we're still having fun, and you know we definitely represent both Star Trek and Star Wars in our books. So there's room for all fans. That is an interesting universe. point. That Les, our our main character, Les, he he is a Trekkie and Star Wars. He the conflict both. almost doesn't exist. Not in him. In, in in the whole series, and I would argue it doesn't really need to exist in anyone. You can enjoy both without taking something away from the other. Exactly. I completely agree. Until next time, engage. Make it so. (laughs) May the force be with you. Yes. Really is what we're trying to say. Take care.